step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. together 
Let's see. Um, Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, thank you, ladies, very much so for keeping this afloat. The highlights, let's see, Becky versus Sasha. Match went all over the arena and then some. Um, Becky ended up using steel chairs. She also hit the referee with a chair. And just got fined, you know, and Kevin Owens gets, well, almost fired and then fired for striking an official. Well, I tell you, let's get back to the match. Becky Lynch went in focused, you know, to do a job, and that was retain her Raw Women's Championship at the end of the day. So, I would say the uh, matches that I catch my attention was probably Becky, Sasha, uh, Braun Strowman, Seth, not so much the match, but what happened after the match. So, Lady Lynn, I must get your thoughts on well, Charlotte, you know, not, well, she got cheated of uh, Bailey winning, you know, or Bailey losing her title and Charlotte becoming a nine-time women's champion. But I got to get your thoughts overall on Clash of Champions as a whole. What were your thoughts? On the pay-per-view as a whole, B-Train, I wasn't that mm-hmm. impressed. There wasn't the caliber that I was expecting. And I was expecting with every championship on the line, I was expecting with every championship on the line to see, you know, some really high-quality matches. But, ah, pull me once. You know how the saying goes, D-Train, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. This is a definite shame on me for having such high expectations. I mean, you take a good gander at what the pay-per-view had to offer. Right, what it had to offer, okay, Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz. We're going to go over some specific matches fairly quickly. It wasn't a bad match. It's just, you know, what did The Miz have to gain from, you know, for winning the Intercontinental Championship. He had a lot to gain, but um, I just think that he, the Miz, is it his turn to be in the title picture? Is it the right place? I don't know, but I, I feel that he's wasting his time going after remedial work. Maybe it fits his schedule. I don't fucking know, but all I know is I wasn't impressed by that match, and AJ Styles versus Cedric so the built-up Cedric Alexander it would have been a huge upset if he would have beaten AJ. A lot of fans would have been upset, then they would have been not happy. It would have been upset. Like, okay, look, there's no pleasing fans nowadays because they're going to complain about AEW. They already did. So... I guess, as a yawn, the King of the Ring tournament should have been at... Uh, as you know, they said, well, you don't want to put it as a kickoff match. It's very momentous. It's very, uh, it means a lot. How the fuck do you guys expect us to be happy with Boring Corbin winning the King of the Ring crown tonight on Monday Night Raw? Come on, it's bad enough that the Queefs won on Sunday because of a bullshit call and the fans. And their fans. We'll deny a roughing the passer penalty was not, of course, you know. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. The point is, 
there are certain things that WWE does or will do that will not make sense. And then no. they'll do something that does. So And so as I continue with my train of thought, I'm kind of pausing in between folks. I just want to point out that there are certain things they do you like and there's certain things they do you don't like. It's called life, okay? It's not out of, in our control. It's not even close. But look, I just report what I see, and I also know that the Tag Team Championships – Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins would be short-lived because they have an ultimate plan for Hell in a Cell. Oh, wait, no, because Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, is going after Seth Rollins now. Could Bray Wyatt, become, could the Fiend become the WWE champ, Universal Champion? And will that set the stage for Demon King Balor to come and try and take things away from the Fiend? We'll never know because in that aspect, actually the intrigue of WWE and so it had a 15.4 decrease in viewership because of Monday Night Football having a double header. Um, they're moving to Fox starting in October because of AEW's recent waging war uh, with NXT. You know, it's going to be interesting. AEW versus NXT and the four elements keeping WWE together, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, Bailey. And those are the four elements that kind of held the glue together for WWE NXT. Again, folks, I know I get sidetracked, but the other matches, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler becoming the Raw Tag Team Champions. The SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions are now on the waist of the Revival. So... Rude and Ziggler an entertaining tag team. However, you know, I think the crowd, the crowds lately, I don't know what it is with WWE. Maybe it's a curse. Maybe it's the towns. Maybe it's something in the air. They're really not getting a pop out of their main stars in some areas. Um, the fact that Rey Mysterio is doing random matches as a goodbye tour, as a farewell tour? Like, are we trying to emulate Kurt Angle? I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to come up with certain things um, that make sense in my brain versus the things that a normal fan would think in their brain, which is, oh, yes, we must have this match, but we're not going to pay attention because I don't know, like half the crowd in Tennessee tonight in Knoxville was not even fucking awake until the mayor, and then you have Kane show up tonight, you know, to save the day for Seth Rollins, and the Fiend comes in, and he's doing this thing where he's attacking legends. So in other words, folks, we're stealing a page out of Randy Orton's book, except for instead of an RKO, Bray Wyatt's giving the uh, mandible call, and I think it's very fucking entertaining I don't know. Maybe to me it's just the entertainment value of that aspect's not as bad as um, the company trying to shove a certain concept down our throats and or a certain person or persons. Even though they still do it it's in a subtle way, not in the 
hey, we're going to shove John Cena down your throat, and you're going to like him because he's a spokesperson for Make-A-Wish type thing. They think that they're doing the whole Bray Wyatt situation fairly decent because if memory serves me correctly, some people have always, forever, been up in arms about how they use Bray Wyatt. Oh, they misused him. Well, guess what? If you don't like what Bray Wyatt is doing or what he's up to, I suggest you turn the fucking channel, which you already have, some of you, you picky bastards, and you join the fray with AEW because they're still going to have issues as well. You know, their replacement basically for Moxley was a replacement, I should say, was Pac. And how fans will complain? I can't believe he beat uh, Omega. He's you know barely been through the company. So let me just point this out, folks. What they're doing with Bray Wyatt now is much better than what they had been doing with him prior. Because he beat John Cena, then he loses to Randy Orton in the weirdest match at WrestleMania. And then, of course, Somebody decides to take credit for that. So that was my idea, you know, to put him over because I think he just grabs the crowd. Where was that shit, dude, a few years ago? Just going to point that out. And some of you say he's the most unselfish bastard, he's the greatest competitor, greatest promo worker. This is true because at least he showed up to work. He's not a bad worker. It's just fans were not really that into him in the sense that they they don't know what they want. No, dude, I think they do. I think we do. Let me just rephrase that. Anyway, so tonight from Knoxville, Tennessee, there's a lot of comedic clips with R-Truth. They're going to the Women's Basketball Museum with the mayor of Knoxville. And he showed him the Tennessee Volunteer Stadium. He basically, you know, created a truce between our truth. So that was the highlights of the 24-7 championship. He did become the fifth or sixth legend to claim stake to the stupid 24-7 title that we as fans cannot seem to get our eyeballs off of because it's so stupid and comedic. So there's that. Dana Brooke versus Lacey Evans. Um, wasn't a bad match, except for the fact, you know, she's going to use the hair pull. She should have gotten disqualified, so she released it after three. I get that. But to me, if we're going to gauge how entertaining that match was on a scale from one to ten, I give it about a four because the crowd was getting restless, so they had to do something to take it home. So, yeah, Lacey Evans still has a spot, and it's it's funny because her spots are third to main event. Who's booking this shit? So you can see eye candy, you dirty old perv. Love you to pieces, Vince, but dear Lord. It's 2019, and you're still walking around like, oh, I, I've got some pep in my step. Yes, he does, folks. We love Vince, but dear Lord, there's some things that really make me question you. 
just a little bit. Putting the woman with granny panties on the fucking tail end, the third inch of the card. And no, I'm not going to not not insult her. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Lacey Evans sets the women's movement that they're trying to create and instill back a lot. She hits him with a. She hits uh, Dana Brooke with the women's right. How is it women's right when she goes around putting a? Uh, you know her gimmick is she puts the handkerchief in her armpits and she throws in her face. That's so gimmick. But um, looks why she wears granny panties. She wears skirts from the 1940s. I didn't know that this was 1949 instead of 2019. I guess I missed the memo because her gimmick looks fucking terrible. And she comes out, you know, with that athletic, athletic singlet. That's fine. That's what you're supposed to wear as a wrestler. You know, for some people it fits, and some people singlets do fit, but some people, eh, not so much. Um, Sasha and Bailey versus Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Um, we knew that Bailey and Sasha were going to play things a little dirty, and this is how things started off a little bit when they began in NXT. Uh, most people don't know that Bailey and Sasha were supposed to be a heel pair in the first place. But then, you know, shit happened, and they had a great match in Barclays. Long story short, it was one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life through NXT, and I've been to a lot of NXT takeovers, what have you. Um, but tonight's match, that was a fairly decent pace. Alexa, or Alexa, my bad. She got hurt. And you know, forgive me why she left Nikki by herself. Nikki lost, you know, by tap out to Sasha. And then field chair seems to be the choice. So they're trying to send a message to fans that Helena Cell, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks will face each other one-on-one. Inside Hell in a Cell. This is Sasha's second. This is Becky's first. And um, I can only tell you the Irish last kicker is not going to take this lying down. And I really don't blame her. Because that bitch, I mean, I'm sorry, I have to refer to you as that. She complained for four months. And she is helping out, you know, generally speaking, giving fans a match that people want to see. That's your goal as a professional wrestler. you got to put all things aside that she's done, even though she did throw tantrum in ring that really does I know that's gimmick and stuff, but I, I just gotta say, um I think that it's a lovely thing that the four women who are putting shit together for WWE are actually putting it together in a way that's telling a story. They're putting the pieces to the puzzle together. Are they doing this for Survivor series? Don't know. Don't know Shayna Baszler and Marina Shafir and Yasmin Duke are coming up. I also don't know who's going to be the fourth member because, well, Ronda Rousey's out because she wants to uh, deal with family attractions, as I like to call them, coming family attractions. Um, so I don't know if this is what this is setting the stage for, but all I know is tonight was a prime example. They had a great match. It was a tag team match, and Nikki almost won the whole thing for her team. Just wasn't possible. It's kind of weird seeing Alexa Bliss not being a fucking heel. It really is, uh, in some sense of the uh, word and phrase. She's not used to being a babyface, but she's working it pretty damn decent. That's what I think. Um, let's see here. So I want to point something out, folks. It's 
the, some of the booking for like some of the matches tonight, I felt you know could have been placed a little better. They keep placing. Obviously, they're gonna put Seth in the main, but uh, the main problem that I had tonight was why wasn't the women? Why weren't the women the main event? Well, I can explain because Robert Roode and Seth Rollins are supposed to be fighting one on one. You know, I don't even think it's hard to tell. You know, Seth's got charisma, and she, he's got a whole lot of things going for him right now. And in that match, um, there's a lot of super kicks. There's a lot of stuff basically going down outside the ring with Dolph Ziggler outside. You know, and I like the fact that they added that much flavor to it. But then you have a clusterfuck because now AJ Styles and the OC are seen running down the ring, you know, like nobody's business. Like, hey, I'm here to fucking join the fray. Let's let's just join up. <clears throat> I gotta say, folks, I haven't seen that many people in a faction in quite some time since the NWO. And speaking of bringing back old flavor, during the match with Rey Mysterio and Cesaro, you saw a tribute to Eddie Guerrero. Because Cesaro's been wrestling since 2002, folks, for those of you who don't know. (laughs) And uh, I, like I said, I'm all over the place as far as discussing the, the current bookings. But let me just ask you this, you know, how do you keep up? With everything that's going on in three hours, it's very hard to stay put and stay awake. I mean, Lady Lynn and myself had a dickens of a time trying to stay awake so that we could report this nice little tidbit to you without blowing a fucking gasket. Wait, I already do that on Off the Rails, but you know. Hmm. Stranger things have happened, folks. I actually was nice once upon a time to Monday Night Raw. And I still can because the whole, the funny part, you know, was or funny parts, Mike Kanellis and Maria Kanellis, Rusev is the father. Like, what in the actual fuck, dude? I, I just, I don't know whether to laugh or cry at that whole segment, but are you trying to say something, man? Are you trying to, you know, like, Renee lost her shit. It's like, oh, he just got beat by the baby's daddy. Like, it was so... She was losing her shit because she knows that shit does not fucking ploy well or go over well with the crowd. So, and in turn, you're going to get a lot of jokes from Corey Graves and Renee Young. And if you ask me, I think Mauro Ranello should move up to main roster because I think he could actually do a damn decent job with Graves and Renee. But I don't know. Like... The whole thing is, tonight's show is three hours long in Knoxville. And it's hard to sit in an arena for three fucking hours and watch the shit that you watch. Start out the night with a promo and then the Firefly House. So then you have to wait two promos for a match. AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander. I mean, dear Lord, dude, do you not learn your lesson the first time? I'm just saying, Cedric Alexander is very talented, but dear... Dear God in heaven, please forgive me for what I'm about to say. They're not going to ever favor someone who came from 205 Live. They almost did the whole Mustafa Ali bit. Well, what a comedic act that would have been, folks. 
not saying that small guys can't, but this is not 1996. And speaking of small guys, um, Chad Gable, this should have been close to the main event, which it kind of was. Chad Gable, one-on-one with Baron Corbin, final. I don't know whether to laugh or cry, but the result of this match made me think, geez, I don't have fuck I don't have enough breadcrumbs for this ride home. Honestly, you know, the fuckers that want to sit there and book the big guy beating the little guy, what happened to the whole Shawn Michaels mode? Chad Gable was popping the crowd right and left in Tennessee. I mean, he won over the crowd, and he still didn't put him over. Like, I don't know if the whole intent was, well, at least I got the crowd popping. You know, and Baron Corbin's not a bad worker in some instances. I just, I'm just going to tackle this from the perspective of, okay, caught him with end of days. And finally, it was the end of Chad Gable's days, which is sad because the little guy did not beat the big guy, basically, essentially. So, in other words, the crowd was kind of like, oh, great, we're going to have to hear this the whole entire year. Got a coronation. And by the way, the person who wins the royalty ends up getting to pick the champion of their choosing uh, to face. So it's kind of like Money in the Bank, but not really. Then he did, you know, okay, Chad Gable came with an eyelashes of beating Baron Corbin. I like to call him Baron Corbin. From the worst state... Well, Kansas is where he's originally from, but the introduction said sounds something like this. And his opponent from Kansas City, Kansas, the other worst Kansas crappy Kansas shitty you have ever known. And also <laughs> a fandom a fandom that sucks donkey dick. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Kansas City Queefs. Now, like, uh, you know, you're just salty because you're lost. No, no, no. Baron Corbin wears the most shitty jerseys I have ever seen in my life. Is that why he's a bad wrestler? No. He just wears a team that's just like him. Chokes in the big time situations. Sorry, did I throw that out there for all you fantasy fuckers? That has that little Brady bitch Jr. Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, I threw shade. I threw fucking shade. Do you know why? Do you know why, folks? I'm going to point this out here just a little bit. I'm not mad that the Raiders lost. I'm mad the fact that (laughs) we got a penalty called... At which time the Raiders were dominating the Chiefs. They were our bitch in the first quarter. Then the second quarter comes along, and because of a roughing the passer penalty, we, the Raiders, end up falling and crumbling for one quarter. All right. Now back to wrestling. Why Baron Corbin wins tonight, we'll never know. All right. And it's not. It's not our jurisdiction to say 
okay, we choose the winner, and it's going to be Chad Gable just because. But it would have made sense for them to do that, seeing how Monday Night Football, I don't think the Browns and Jets game got any kind of fucking ratings. If it did, ah, well. <clears throat> but they had a doubleheader to start out. So the Raiders got 10.4, and uh, the first game, New Orleans, in a, in a fucking scorcher of overtime. Well, not even close to overtime. It was in regulation. So, yeah, it was hard to compete with that. So Baron Corbin is part of the ratings decline again because if you look at – Okay, everyone wants a sob story now of a little guy beating the big guy. So let's take a gander at this situation, shall we? If it were back in the day, it was Vader versus Shawn Michaels in the finals of the King of Ring tournament. They always have oddballs win this tournament. Stone Cold Steve Austin being one of those. Uh, Triple H being another. Uh... Let's see who else. The Undertaker was never king of the ring, but Brett the Hitman Hart was. Owen Hart, God rest your soul, was king of the ring. I think, in my opinion, if you ask me, sometimes, like I said, the WWE does some things that are out of our control, out of our jurisdiction as fans. And then other times they make up for it quite nicely. But at the same time, it's just like, uh... Again, I don't know whether it was they want to emphasize that a big guy is always going to be the little guy. But Chad Gable put on one hell of a fucking match. You know, he he has nothing to hang his head over. Even though I think that in that ankle lock was the last ditch attempt to get him. But Baron Corbin was just too tall and his arms were too long. So he reaches the bottom rope. And then, you know, Baron Corbin picks him up and end of days, wham, one, two, three. Ah, you know, I understand doing that with Mustafa Ali. I understand doing it with Cedric Alexander. Never been big fans of theirs, and they probably don't give two flying fucks. But I'm going to point out to you why it makes me smile. It makes me crack a smile, that is. Did you realize decreased because of one guy, it decreased because, well, there's always been so many things wrong with Baron Corbin winning shit. And I can tell you that results are results and you can't change the you know fucking past and gotta move forward yada 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 I'm pissed off because it's like man whatever happened to the good old days of the upsets in WWE like okay not just Shawn Michaels but Shawn Waltman Xbox I'm just gonna point out here right here right now small guys used to be big guys uh, when uh, X Pac was the one two three kid, and he beat Razor Ramon because Razor was you know shoving and beating the fuck out of him you know in prior weeks, and then you have jump off the top rope and do you know a schoolboy one two three, that shocked the whole fucking world, you know, and the fact that uh, 
Shawn Michaels did lose to the Brooklyn Brawler just one time, it makes fans wonder, why is there no longer upsets available in WWE? Is it always going to be a common thing where one group fucking dominates? Is it going to be faction-heavy like NXT UK? Because speak now, forever hold your peace, creative team. Make up your minds. Oh, yes. Okay, so the main event should have been the women again, and I'll tell you why. It's not that Seth Rollins and Robert Roode are terrible competitors. It's just, it, again, it was so chaotic to pay attention to and all that in one fell swoop where the club comes out and then you have people helping them, so it's just like man alive. So then Kane comes out and basically starts cleaning house and then the fiend comes out. So that was that was an intriguing piece of Monday Night Raw. But I'm just telling you they're good and they're bad. It's very hard to find the good sometimes. So I'm just gonna point out also like a million times over. I have 25 minutes left, so without further ado, fellows, fellies, or fillies, and stables, lovely ladies, lovely gentlemen, however you want to call yourselves, whatever you want to call yourselves, I'm just going to point out the next segment is going to say the following. Explicit content for mature audiences only. Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark show since March 7, 2016. If you decide to reproduce or produce any liking likeness of the title Off the Rails Uncensored, you, he, she, definitely fucking not me, will be sued on the spot and will be fined $45 every time you use the show's entire title. Or likeness thereof. The next thing that is about to play on airwaves, I do not own the rights to. Glasgow Cross by Nikki Cross, and or actually by Jim Johnson. Uh, let's see here. I do not own the likeness for all trademarks or WWE Incorporated 2019 for NXT or WWE Raw or SmackDown Live. All rights reserved. All right, fuckers, it's time to uh, get inside my head. So buckle up, fuckers. I cannot guarantee that you will come back the same. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But on the eve of it's almost October, I've got a lot on my mind, and i got to dish it out somehow. Dig it. Okay, so here's the deal, folks. 
the title that shows the four golden ones, keeping it together for WWE, dot, dot, dot. The reason for that is because the four horsewomen of World Wrestling Entertainment, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Bailey. Let's see, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Bailey. Oh, yes, the fourth prodigal daughter, Sasha Banks. Despite her shortcomings, you know, four months ago, despite her, you know, having a beyond the ropes moment or whatever the fuck documentary it was on the network. I must say, it's a good sight to see all four women interacting with one another. Uh, I feel personally that it's come, it's been a long time coming for the women to be taken seriously. Um, it's a good thing that these four are together as a core group, whether they're working against each other, whether they're working, you know, together. It doesn't fucking matter. I would say you guys' best bet of seeing these women back together, I don't know if WWE would actually go for that, unless Ronda Rousey decides to come out of retirement, which is least likely. For the time being, she said she wanted to begin a family. Oh, and I did mention, this is going to be off topic, just for a smidgen, just a skosh, Enzo and Cass. So, at an event, Enzo, who started shit with Joey Janela's girlfriend at a concert... You know, here's the thing. Sometimes dirt sheets actually do have good shit. And they're very TMZ-worthy. They're not cringe-worthy if they are. So, Cass, this is sad. You know, he said, I don't believe, you know, this should happen, blah, blah, blah. He didn't start shit. Started accusing people of stealing his shit. As if anyone would want to steal a 7-foot, 2-inch giant, you know, and you can't teach him. You, you, do you want to steal his stuff? I mean, there was an event that required the promoter, some wrestlers to get on top of him. Some just someone is reported whacked Cass in the face with a fist to the point where he was bewildered. He didn't know what was going on, so he had to be on something. Big Cass had to have been on some kind of hallucinogen or whatever it was. Because then he was on the ground saying, what happened? You know, what did I do? What happened? Well, that area is kind of fuzzy to me. I don't know why Cass would, you know, start shit with people that don't even fucking matter. Because guys are like, okay, what's he doing back here? What's he doing back here? And then he gets bitched out by one punch. I mean, to me, after reading that article, I was like, man alive, I cannot believe at the time that I bought your merchandise and thought you were really cool. But, um, you know, Enzo's a shit starter and always has been. And it's not just talking mad shit. It's the truth. You can ask Simon Gotch. You can ask Aiden English. You can practically ask majority of the NXT locker room that's on Raw or SmackDown Live about Enzo Amore. If you're not well-liked in the locker room, folks, you're going to be ostracized by your peers in professional wrestling. So that's just, you know, a heads up. Don't act like a fucking dickbag when you're in WWE. You can do that. You can come off as that, you know, the fucking fanboys slash fangirls come after you in a certain kind of way. Now, 
the tag team championship scene in WWE, I just want to point this out. The Viking Raiders have been on a tear lately. You would think that they would get a shot at the WWE SmackDown Live championships or the WWE Raw championships. Why are they being put into six-man tag matches? I'll never know. But if you're going to be that fucking stubborn because they had to vacate the NXT Tag Team Championships, because why? They were moving on to bigger and better things. So they say, and they fit the mold for WWE's, you know, stereotypical big guy tag team, like, oh, yes, Authors of Pain, who spoke in the Abba Jabba, you know, tonight on Monday Night Raw. Abba Jabba, I'm coming back. Abba Jabba. I'm Vince's puppet. Abba Jabba. <laughs> it's like, come on. I'm not trying to be mean. Like, I'm not saying that Akam and Rezar are bad people, but my God, they were the big guys in NXT, and all they, they were managed by Drake Maverick for a bit. And known fact, man, they could have easily won the Raw Tag Team Championships back. They easily could. Rusev without the beard. I'm not, I don't care about that. He beat up Mike Kanellis, you poor bastard. Having to deal with coming back and not being taken seriously. I mean, look, I mean, look, Renee, I know that you're on the road. And it was funny, you know, she's like, I can compliment other guys. Jeez, dude, what's your problem? Look, I didn't say anything about that, but it was funny to hear Renee tonight because it seemed like she was a loose, loose cannon, you know, verbally, and it was great. So <laughs> Renee Young's banter gets an A-plus tonight because normally she, you know, she's up and down, in between, all around kind of gal when it comes to commentary. Sometimes she needs to learn the cadences, like when Michael Cole, the uh, most of the journalism community calls Michael Cole the windbag of the industry. The fact that they used all of Ricochet's names, they even involved the finger bend, finger bend, whatever you know. He he just. It gives a whole new meaning, folks, to the phrase one and only. Because if you don't believe what I'm trying to tell you is I'm not ending the show. I normally do on that phrase. The man stuck a finger up his ass. So, to me, to me, watching Ricochet's matches I'm not discounting his talent but for those of you who don't believe me it just read the online articles and you'll see that that aspect of him does not reflect anything that he does in the ring which he's you know pretty awesome athlete he can you know fly from point A to point Z in the ring he's really good but the same fucking token for him to be involved in a story between him and Mike Kanellis, the ricochet is the daddy when obviously he's not, Maria says. Maria Kanellis. Uh, <laughs> dear Lord, um, great, you know, as a person, but I don't know if she realizes this, but 
when WWE starts using a pregnant chick who is a fucking cunt rag, sorry to all the females who just heard that word, but just let me explain. When she's a fucking cunt rag to her man for the story, um, and then, you know, she basically, in turn, just shrugs it off. Cause she's like Rusev is the the real daddy. I'm like, excuse the fuck me. What is this Russian roulette with someone's sperm? Let's just put a story together. And oh, by the way, we're gonna put the guy who's coming back to make it interesting because we don't have a place for him. So he's got to be the player that executes the play. Um, either Michael Hayes or whomever is writing this shit is off their rocker. Or, you know, it's like, to, are we supposed to just sit back and enjoy the madness? Because this is WCW. This is not old WWE, obviously. And I don't really, like I said, I can move on. I can move forward past certain points in wrestling. But there are some points that make me scratch my head. Is it to say, okay, why, what, just fucking why with Maria Kanellis and Mike Kanellis? Their theme sounds like, an old eighties hairband and dun, 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 like for real, it's a catchy tune. I'm talking about entrance themes for fuck's sakes. If that's what I'm focusing on folks, you can tell the level of how bad Monday night raw really was. I kept looking at my phone at the score, of the Cleveland, uh, New York Jets game, not that it, any, it tones for anything, but it's like this, okay, it's very hard to pay attention to a three-hour segment, three-hour show of Monday Night Raw, because it doesn't have competition just yet, so I understand why they kept that format, but I'm going to move forward, aside from, you know, talking boring-ass shit like numbers and whatnot, and of course, Akam and Rizar talking their Abba Jabba. Okay, it just is one big fucking mess sometimes for Monday Night Raw. And other times you're like, well, there were good points, there were bad points. And then other times it's like, yeah, no. Do you honestly think that after watching Monday Night Raw tonight that you would go out and get tickets? For an event, because you never know what's going to happen, folks. That's the joy of professional wrestling. But after watching that, what in the actual fuck is all I have to say about, you know, okay, so you had Dana Brooke going one-on-one with Lacey Evans. Are you trying to say she needs work by putting her in warm-up matches, dude? Whoever puts this card together, Godspeed, dude, because... You start out the night with a promo, and then it ends up with a vignette and another fucking live thing between Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins. Created, we didn't know what you know happened off the air after the air rolled out, you know, because Bray Wyatt was seen in the ring as the fiend, you know, coming near to stalk his prey, Seth Rollins. That aspect was intriguing to me. Don't know why and don't really care to explain the psyche behind that. But 
I just want to point out a few things that really bothered me before that match. So at Clash of Champions, you have Braun Strowman, a monster among men. A guy that literally looks like a semi-truck. Or as Alexa Bless likes to put her, Alexa Bless, Ricky Crosby. Um, Braun Strowman is like one of those semi-trucks with a smiley face on it. Uh, and in Braun speak, thank you. Look, it's very hard to fathom the fact that he lost at Clash of Champions. I think it was because, okay, so they're setting up Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins. Great. Now the fans have something to cheer because they always bitched that Bray Wyatt didn't have a lengthy title run. Okay, they, as in, you know, the rest of the fans, the rest of the peanut gallery, I guess that includes myself. So, <clears throat> I am happy that if Bray Wyatt wins the championship, good old Brian Rails be happy as a clam. You know why. Seth isn't bad. He's got charisma. He's a great champion. You know, at least he shows up to work, unlike Lesnar. Um... So Bray is a champion. That's an interesting concept. I mean, it's not too far-fetched, but what I'm about to say is Braun Strowman should have, could have won that championship. They're like, well, it wouldn't have fit the story if he won the championship. Why not? He's been knocking on the door for three months now, and now we have to sit and listen to Seth Rollins open up the show with, you know, I had a fight last night, and Braun Strowman dropped the fucking titles. Blah, blah, blah. We both dropped the titles, he said in his own words tonight. They open up Monday Night Raw. I don't know if anyone's told you this, but wrestling opening up with a promo, it's not uncommon now. Dear God in heaven, though, that's one of the things that has to go is <laughs> the promos at the beginning of the show. You guys are doing so great with the action that, you know, captivated the audience. You know, we're going to inject a certain kind of attitude into this company. Blah, 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 blah. If you start out the night with a promo, it's not the end of the world. However, if you do that, Week after week, that's going to allow fans to think that your show is nothing but talking. If I wanted to pick up a microphone and insult someone's intelligence, that would only be too easy. Because tearing down folk was my specialty (laughs) during promos. Build them up, tear them down. Build them up, tear them down. Seth Rollins did the basic generic fucking, well, Braun Strowman, blah, blah, blah. I zoinked out. Because it's the first thing that Lady Lynn and I sought out to see was a promo. That's easy. We could easily stack a bunch of, you know, we could stack one microphone in our pockets and be like, hey, shut the fuck up and wrestle, please. But then the fiend comes out, so it adds intrigue to the fucking story. You know, and, well, on the fucking Tron, that is. So you see a whole bunch of teasers during the Firefly house, and then, goes off camera because all the upside-down shots or footage, that is, 
of the fiend and then the firefly house kind of auspicious very very odd it's very much like bray wyatt though a man that has fucking intrigue and i'm sorry i was supposed to talk about the uh, four golden ones but let me just touch base on that because i know i'll have extra layover time to do it but before i touch on the four golden ones that are keeping the company together becky charlotte bailey sasha Mad props to Bray Wyatt, dude, because he's come a long way. And I think that it, it's definitely captivating the crowd if he's been attacking legend after legend after legend. With the, you know, and then giving the mandible claw to a man who helped create the mandible claw, Mick Foley. I think it's amazing that what he's doing is he's making the audience think, oh, fuck, that creepy, ominous laughter that fills the arena like a fucking Phantom of the Opera moment, you know? Bray Wyatt is extremely genius when it comes to gimmicking shit and presenting his case. Now, I'm going to move forward. Let's put this fucking, let's put the reins on the saddle and get this horse galloping, all right? Shall we? So, the four horsewomen who originally began their NXT careers in 2014 are now, you know, basically dominating the airwaves when it comes to having a story, having a story been told. Sasha Banks tonight saying, I hope you're man up because I don't think you are, bitch. And then she also challenged Becky to Hell in a Cell. I don't think Sasha knows what she's getting herself into. Then again, I think she has something planned. But how, okay, so the question is, how are these, how is the four golden ones holding company together? Well, most of the people complain about how NXT has infiltrated the main roster. If it wasn't for NXT, there would be no main roster. Quite fucking literally. And thank God for these four women because they are giving the fans something to talk about. Becky and Sasha last night at Clash of Champions. Wow, oh wow. That's all I'm going to say. Wow, oh, wow, because Becky, you know, chased Charlotte, or not Charlotte, Becky chased Sasha all over the arena with a steel chair. She did get fined $10,000, folks, because, you know, technicality, she accidentally, if she would have hit uh, John Cohn or Charles Robinson, probably would have been a worse fine. Because, you know, you know. Certain things happen for a reason. That's all I'm going to say. It's setting up for either Royal Rumble or setting up for WrestleMania 36. And uh, let me just... (laughs) So... The placement of matches, you know... I'm not a fucking booker, thank God I'm not, but I just, (laughs) I want to point out something. If you're going to book matches that look like clusterfucks, that's why fans have decided to jump ship. That's why fans are kind of antsy for AEW. Oh, and here's another one for you. The reason why Monday Night Football is so highly rated, because they had teams that actually fucking have fan bases that care. If you are not creating a product that's investing and entertaining the fans, 
What the fuck are you doing? Come the fuck on. Ah, yes, there's another subject that I wanted to get off my chest. NXT going live on Wednesday night. Now that Gargano is staying, and for those of you who read the fucking dirt sheets, my middle finger goes up to you, some of you. It's like, I want to know what goes on before the show. I know when it, I have to report to my friends make me look cool and sound cool, like, you know, a cool nerd, you know, in their group circle and make them look, feel important or superior. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I, I get sidetracked with metaphors and analogies, folks. It's my thing! It's just a little bit loud, you know. It's late at night, and I have to get somewhat excited for work tomorrow because I have a feeling, you know, <laughs> the Jets fans, the Giants fans are going to be giving me shit about my Raiders and their stupid little fantasy bitch known as Patrick Mahomes. By the way, I knew, folks, that he had dandruff the whole time. You know, that's why he had to do head and shoulders. Commercial, that is. Oh, and... um I think, you know, Whataburger versus In-N-Out, I take In-N-Out. Because like the Chiefs in the playoffs, they're in and they're out. There, I like throwing subtle jabs in there. Uh-huh, sure. See? <clears throat> all right. For all you sports fans listening, how you doing? <clears throat> NXT goes live on Wednesday nights for... And that's because AEW is going live in October on TNT. Um, Just going to point out, folks, this is the second wave of of wars, the wrestling wars. And I'd be watching both AEW and WWE to compare and contrast notes. Uh, Some people say, well, you can't favor... We can't favor NXT or we can't favor AEW. We have to pick one or the other. Screw you all. I think my choice would be both because I want to see what AEW has to offer and I want to see what WWE has to offer when they go live on the network, the USA network, uh, with their product. They say, oh, it's going to kill the product. Kind of, but not really. If NXT grabs higher ratings on Wednesday night, you know they're going to be trying to test the waters even further. Because Hunter has already seasoned it like a nice steak being seasoned with all the marinations like Gargano and soon-to-be Ciampa on his way back, possibly. Um, you have Shayna Baszler, Mia Yim. Uh, you have several people that stand out for NXT. Yeah, it says 10 seconds, fuck this bitch. You know what, I'm going to talk about this. NXT has stood the test of time since 2013. AEW was a concept from the point of 16 to 19. So they just came to fruition in 2018, AEW that is. Whereas NXT has been selling out takeover after takeover after takeover. AEW sold out their event in Chicago, but their crowd reaction was what did it for me. If your crowd doesn't fucking react, aside from boo, you know, like, they reacted in a way, like, you believe that Omega lost. I can't believe Jericho won. It's like, come on. One, I'm going to make this point. One has old and new NXT. And also former division superstars from other various super indie groups, as I like to call them. 
at the AEW, and they're not they're not going to fail, folks, at certain things like trying to get an audience or gain an audience on national TV. Neither is NXT. I think they're both going to be going head to head, and I don't think that there's going to be issues, you know, presenting. their product, if you will. NXT, that is. For the people who follow, the true followers are going to watch. And then the bandwagons, of course, will jump to AEW. That's just my fucking take on it. In a nutshell, okay? Don't believe me. Uh, I'm going to wrap this shit up as I work in the morning. If you don't believe what good old Brian Rails had to say tonight, then I'm going to just add a little new twist to this. Then you can shove it up your ass and blow it out your asshole. I got three choice words for years. Forget about it. And Lady Lynn. And if you didn't like what Lady Lynn had to say, kiss my ass and don't call this lady crazy. All right, folks, that'll do her for tonight. Take a breather from all the baseball and football going on. They're trying to overload us. In Sports Kingdom, you know, not Queef Kingdom, Sports Kingdom. Got it? This neighbor, this this neighborhood, you know, if you like to take a lovely walk in this crazy neighborhood, you must be silver and black and pinstripes only. Good night, toodles, bitches. And share this episode next week. Because also, folks, Black as Jack will be joining Wrestle Radio Network. Have a great Monday, bitches. Good night, fuckers. I got to sleep and eat some cookies and snack and be a fat ass. And also be awesome, that is. Also be awesome. Love you. Thank you for listening. Good night. Take it. Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chamba life is for everybody. So go to ChambaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.